Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network, and it is time to get lost. The penultimate ever episode, at least of the episodes themselves. We're here to recap episode 16 of season 6 What They Died For. First aired on the 18th of May 2010. It was written by Edward Kitsis, Adam Horowitz, Elizabeth Sarnoff, and directed by Paul Edwards. And this is an episode of Lost. It's a penultimate episode of Lost. We've been across the sea and now we're back to the other sea in the normal feature. Feature. This is the feature episode. I'm excited for this. My name is Ben and do I know you, Tubby? The, for the first time in maybe the whole season, I actually wrote one down. Do you want me to? All right, hang on. I'm going to another one. We're fine. Scrap that. My name is Ben, and please don't be weird. My name is Noah. Do I know you, Tubby? I was oh, supposed original to say that, quote. And, and then, then you were supposed to say, oh, ha, ha, I, I'm Tubby. I'm not Tubby in and we were supposed to riff off that, and I was supposed to be professional because I actually remembered one for once, and you took it. Well, tubby. <laughs> yeah, so what? I was tubby when we first started this. Um, I think you were too. I don't know. Were you fat when we first started this? I can't remember. It's been a while since you've been thin. So, anyway, lost. Uh, what they died for. <laughs> a great start. The last time I'll ever host a episode recap of Lost. It's only taken us five and a bit years to shut me up. But, um, yeah, we're, we got rid of Across the Sea. We're back into the end of it. And it's a... Decent episode. Probably not as good as the last one we had and probably not as good as next week's, but it's there and it's not a bad episode. Yeah. I I love the title of this episode. That's such a great title, What They Died For. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing how much of this episode sort of blends into the finale with me. Like I had memories of a lot of this happening, the stuff with Ridmore and that happening at the beginning of the finale. Mm, me too. I mean, it more or less is like for not the end of part one. Like even with the flash sideways, you could basically connect this with the end, and it would be the finale. Like, um, doing a second last ever episode of a serialized show like that, this is so difficult because it's it's always going to be just a setup. Um, I think Breaking Bad's maybe the only one where the finale is maybe weaker than the sort of penultimate couple of episodes um but there's some good stuff here you can't really fault this episode it's just it needs to set up the finale and there's some amazing ben stuff in here and i'm I actually one of the few times that i 
one of the few times that I actually really quite enjoy the sideways. Like I'm enjoying all the sort of Desmond antics and some of the funny stuff that happens there. So yeah, it's it's hard to rank or like critique or review this episode because it is just a setup for the finale. I've constantly said on so many of these episodes that the penultimate episode is generally often more important than the finale, be it a season finale or a series finale. And I think at the time of us recording this, like I agree with you, Breaking Bad probably has a stronger um, penultimate episode than a finale, although I still like the finale of Breaking Bad. Um, and obviously we've finished both Nick Tuck and Third Watch, and Third Watch is the anomaly because I think the worst episode of Third Watch is the series finale, but as uh, a pe- series penultimate episode prior to the finale. But, yeah, often you will have these big setup moments which, you know, will put things so high up that they don't often stick the landing as high as they do. But, I mean, I think Lost definitely sticks the landing next week more than this. Um, but I don't know if that's a, a controversial opinion or not or how people feel of the finale 12 years later. We'll obviously discuss that next week. But, yeah, I mean... I mean I- the finale is quite controversial, but I don't think there's any staunch defenders for what they died. I don't think there's the what they died for fan club, so I don't think you're offending anyone by saying <laughs> It's, but, I mean, this is, like, where people turn around and complain about Across the Sea being out of place. Like, I mean, were we dying to see this episode? <laughs> like, I mean, it's kind of... No, you, but you know. I do think this blends, this would have worked better following the candidate. Well, maybe they could put Across the Sea before the candidate then. I don't know. But I, I do, this is, like, again, my defence of Across the Seas. I think that this week is better off for it, particularly with the Man in Black Let stuff. it go, man. <laughs> no, we're, I'm not. We've done it was sixth, and that was stupid, and everyone wrote in and complained, and we're we're over it now. Both our listeners wrote in and complained. Um, but yeah, I like I just I think that some of the stuff is better this week because of last week. But anyway, but uh, we'll get through this. Um, and I think as always, we're going to separate. This will be the will this be the last time we ever separate things. I, I, I'm sure we're going to go chronologically next week, aren't we? I mean, I feel it's kind of hard to separate the flash sideways, particularly at the end of next week, versus the. At least the ending, we have to do it as a thing. This might be the traditional way of doing it. But anyway, let's do the flash sideways first because we've got some important stuff to do because Claire and Jack and Jack's son are having super bran or whatever it's called, Uh, having a bowl of super bran. Are you you a fan of that? I've never eaten cereal. Cereal's great. As a kid, as an adult, I've never eaten cereal. Screw cereal. Anti-cereal. Well, I'm I'm for I'm pro cereal. It's one thing I I miss being on keto is I love my cereal: wheat bix, tana bran, um, mm, just, yum, you know, it's Cheerios. Just bullshit! What is it? <laughs> Says a man who. Well, how many different types of beer did you drink last night, Noah? <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> how are you feeling? Got to do. <laughs> Pour beer on your super bran, and you might be enjoying it. <laughs> don't expose it. Expose Amy. Oh, don't bring up that episode. Um, but they're sitting around the table. They're having breakfast. Uh, our hero's talking about this concert tonight and going to see mum there. And again, oh, who's who's the mother of this child? I always think she gets brought in Big earlier. Like, I literally forget she just gets, oh, the last episode. This is the mum. It's like, oh, okay. Well, it is jumping ahead, and I'm happy to see Juliet back next week. But oh, spoiler. I, I think... Uh, I think it should have been TV's Julie Bowen. She never got to show up in the Flash Sideways, and she was a pretty important character. Still keep Juliet, but, like, bring Sarah in. Well, you know my feelings on Juliet and who she ends up with, so 
you know, yes and no. But, like, also, again, jumping ahead to next week, what happens to Jack's son? He's not allowed in the church. He just disappears. <laughs> like, I mean, not that we're ever fans of Jack's son, but, like, he's just, what, created in the afterlife and then just disappears because you don't have a son, Jack. Okay. <laughs> he's in, the, like, the back church with, like, Nadia and Walt and, like, yeah. uh, Helen. What's Jack's son deserve to like be in this purgatory of being used as a fake son only to disappear? <laughs> like, yeah, you got a bit of a raw deal. Imagine him finding out you're poor, not real. Poor Jack, Jack and freaking Nadia are just Jack's but son. Why is yeah. Vincent in the church? Yeah, where's Vincent? <laughs> where is Vincent? Well, Vincent gets to die with Jack, man. Maybe yeah, Vincent's dead. In the good end. dogs go to heaven, don't they? That was a good movie. All good dogs go to heaven. It's Mel Gibson. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> I remember that movie. Good movie. Anyway. Is it as so, good as Snow Dogs Go to Heaven? Way better than Snow Dogs. Come on. It's animated with Mel Gibson. Um, Jack gets a call. Uh, We've found your missing cargo. And I love Jack, like uh, my dead father. Uh, <laughs> and it's Very like. Personable, uh, Oceanic Air. And, but it's not actually Oceanic Air. It's Desmond uh, posing. We found he, your cargo. <laughs> I was going to say his accent. What do we think of Desmond's accent? Hello, I'm from Oceanic <laughs> Airlines. <laughs> I love Desmond as a character and I love Henry Ian Cusick, but I can't take either of them seriously throughout this entire episode with all the stuff that he gets up to, all of the Desmond ante. Oh, just classic Desmond being a bit cray-cray. Um, meanwhile, Locke's old dummy Joe's back at school in his wheelchair and he's he's popular with a teenage girl, so... <laughs> I was going to say, this, this girl, this is like her big break. Welcome, Mr. Locke. Ashley oh, Kiker is her name, Noah. She's got her own page on Lostpedia, a student. TV, uh, TV's <laughs> Ashley TV's Ashley Kiker. Um, did did who, they do an interview with her, like the chicken guy? I, I, it doesn't look like it. I'm just trying to see here her IMDb profile. I mean, has she gone on to bigger and better things? No. She's literally played school kid in Lost. That's it. Um, she peaked too early. She's actually the daughter of the prop master of Lost. So Rob oh. Kiker is the prop master for the production crew. Um, is he, and isn't that unlawful? Well, maybe. Um, and also his dad and older brother were also prop masters. Wow, it's the fa- the Kiker tradition, except the daughter yeah. loves Locke. So, hi, <laughs> Mr. Locke, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, for, for a substitute, he is popular with the girls, old Mr. Locke. Both Ben and uh, Locke are very popular. Like, I mean, you know, like, I mean, I can make a soil. Soil was a teacher, perhaps, or Desmond a teacher, like, you know, Jack. Do you you think, you know, Jack invented this fake son in the afterlife? Do you think Ben and Locke, who were a bit lonely in life, invented, like, their teenage fan club in the afterlife? These these aren't real people. (laughs) Probably not. I'm just watching the scene. So, little Kiker here. I love her friend as she's walking past a random blonde girl. She's got, like, dirt face. She's like, the face as she's walking past. She doesn't get a credit. She she lost out on the line to Ashley. But I do love how Desmond's here. Abusing teenage girl actors. Why is Desmond about to run over Locke again? (laughs) So I'm saying this whole episode with Desmond's hilarious and Ben is so funny when he comes up. 
Yeah, Al, Al Savior Ben is just walking around like, oh, Locke's back today. Maybe that creepy guy will be there to, like, you know, hurt him. To which Ben's all like, this is him. This is the guy that ran over Mr. Locke. And then Desmond starts bashing Ben up. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> this is the horrible afterlife. Uh, but Desmond's here saying, I'm not here to hurt Locke. I'm here to help Locke let go. And while Ben's getting beat up, which again reminds me of the Honest trailer where it's like every week, same thing happens. Someone beats up Ben. Um, ben gets his flashback. He wakes up uh, and obviously he begins to uh, remember. Uh, Desmond drives off. I mean, should they have like cops watching this school? Like, I mean, you know. Well, that's like funny when Locke tries to call the cops later. I'm like, did no one else care to... To do that before Locke did call the cops like two hours later. Yeah, it's I mean great LA, but I mean again we know there's only one hospital. There's clearly only one police station in the afterlife, and it's only uh, Miles and um, oh and Sawyer basically. Um, and also, let's not take Ben to the hospital. Let's get the school nurse to treat him. He's just been beaten to a pulp on school grounds. But no, Nurse Jenny will be able to fix things up. And <laughs> put him back to work. Exactly. <laughs> We're short staff, Ben. Suck it up. I have to. I want to give a bit of a shout out to the nurse because I thought she did quite a good job when when he's like, "It's Doctor Linus," and she does a great sort of little eye roll there. Like, shout Kim, out to the nurse, Kim Kondraki is the TV ER is doctor. Uh, well, this is the character's name. Um, so she actually helps Desmond after he was shot by Ben. And in the flash sideways, she's the school nurse. So why does why does ER doctor who helps Desmond get an afterlife, <laughs> and Mr Echo doesn't, <laughs> Michael doesn't, but the oh, same I, I, nurse I who helps that. Desmond, yeah, apparently this is her. So uh, yeah. Uh, oh, and this is the one that is rumored to be fucking the principal. Uh, <laughs> That's why she's giving the eye roll. It was rumoured she was having an inappropriate affair of sexual nature with Principal Reynolds. Um, so, oh, here we go. Old, um, that's, why, that's why she's not treating Ben. Yeah, exactly. Uh, played by TV's Wendy Pearson. Uh, so, uh, esteemed. The backstory for this character? Apparently she's not even an actress. She works at the program office at the University of Hawaii, Manawa. Um, so, gee, everyone's getting their big break in The Lost Afterlife. <laughs> wow. But, um, yeah, she's all treating him and it's all like, oh, you'll be okay, Mr. Linus. And, yeah, as you say, it's, like, it's Dr. Linus, which I, I, I think I've said this before in the show. If I was a doctor, I would be that person. It's like, fuck you. Like, you know. I've worked my ass off to be a doctor. I'm a doctor of podcasting. Wouldn't you be like that? I mean, you're more likely to be a doctor than I am, let's be honest. No, I'm a little bit more chilled out than that. Oh, yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> drinking his watermelon juice. <laughs> um, Lock, rock, Lock rocks up. It's like, what happened? <laughs> and Ben's like, oh, I got into a fight with the guy I ran you down. And Lock's like, I'm going to call the police. Now, okay, That's he doesn't. so funny, this he doesn't say I'm calling 911 because, like, he literally says I'm calling the police and you hear somebody who's like, hello, LAPD, because I'm thinking, like, well, if he calls 911, it doesn't go straight to the police. But then does he – Does the people in LA just know the LAPD's number off by heart? Like, don't you have to look that yeah, shit up? I not tell you yeah. the cops that number. Although I, I have called the police here in Korea around 12 times because – my phone does this stupid thing that when I'm running and I have my like running belt thing, 
it like somehow I'll have my music in and the music will stop and I'll be like, who am I calling? <laughs> and it's like the cops and I've done it about 12 times. So so when I finally do need the cop, they're probably not going to come. That's a guy that keeps <laughs> rigging us and hanging up. Are you oh, listening to the police at the time and then it just like, gets confused? I'm not, I'm not clapping to that one. Oh, that was a solid <laughs> joke. <laughs> Come on. That was a half clap. Um, half clap. That's what Noah gets when he has half dates. <laughs> well, better than full clap. Where are we going with this? <laughs> at least you don't burn your vagina. Um, <laughs> Move on. Well, that's what we're trying to do. We're watching Lost as they're trying to move on. That's a good segue. <laughs> so as Lost well, trying to call I would the police, nothing less from the Doctor of Podcasts. <laughs> Can I use that as my new um, my new name, the Doctor of Podcasting? <laughs> Um, Locke's trying to call the cops and Ben's like, no, I wouldn't do that because, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. Basically, the guy who tried to hurt you and beat me up was trying to get you to let go, Locke, and not hurt you. Uh, and I believed him, to which all of a sudden Locke's going to believe this too. Uh, so, ooh. to be this like, oh, man. Slowly starting <laughs> to wake up. Um, meanwhile, a great, me little, great little cutting here where the, you see the, the poor desk clerk. Uh, the L- LAPD officer, here we go, who's, this, who's he the son of? Um, LAPD officer was talking to Locke on the phone when the call was terminated. Then Desmond arrived and asked to see. He then escorts Desmond to Detective James Ford. This is played by TV's Ernesto Lopez. Uh, mm. Plays desk clerk, desk NYPD officer. Now, according to his IMDb profile, he has appeared in Lost, The River, and La Ciudad, the city, worker in hallway. Uh, he played local That's farmer I knew him from. in the river and officer on Lost. So I knew he was familiar. Worker big, in hallway, that's him. Big name. Uh, doctor of worker in hallway. But um, anyway, uh, Desmond arrives and is like, hello, brother, I want to speak to detective. Uh, sorry, let's do a proper Desmond accent. Hello, brother, I'm here to see oh. Detective Sawyer. Uh, <laughs> it's never happened right where they just like bring Sawyer out like, yeah I don't surely. think this is how it happens in cop stations like if I went into a Tasmanian police station and was like hi can I speak to Detective Groves and it's going to walk me in I'm like oh sure he's not busy cops I mean this is LA like I mean how yeah. slow is their day oh, 15 <laughs> murders end up in the hospital 15 murders piling up but I'm going to talk to Miles about going to the concert tonight uh <laughs> <laughs> so before we get Desmond talking to them, yeah, we've got Miles talking about like, oh, I'm going to the benefit at my dad's museum tonight. Are you coming along? And uh, I love De- uh, Sawyer who's basically just like, oh, is that crazy redhead who hates my guts going to be there? It's like, yes. I'm like, I think I'll pass, <laughs> which is kind of me too. nice. Me, yeah, me too. Hashtag me too. And then Desmond shows up and I love Sawyer just like, can I help you? It's like, oh, yeah, I believe you're looking for someone who – Ran over a school teacher recently and beat up a teacher. Yeah, that's me. Um, so lucky oh, he's white. I'm sure gone. he would have gotten bashed up if he wasn't white right now. So um, shot probably. Exactly. So uh, uh oh, what's going to happen? Uh, so he gets taken into a holding cell. Cat, like you know, politely put in a cage. Um, again, luckily this is a Michael. Um, and as he gets into the cage, who should be there? Oh, it's Saeed. Hello, brother. Uh, who's in the other cage? Oh, it's Kate. How are you doing? And she's just, what is she just like? Oh, just peachy or whatever it is. And he's got a bit of a smile oh, on his face. Oh, Desmond's up to in, something. 
this sideways is just i don't know why i find it so hilarious but i just find every scene so funny um but with, i mean we're nitpicking but with, do they put women i, I know that she's in a different cage. Um, we know what Kate is like in cages, so Desmond <laughs> might be in luck there. But do they put in jail? Do they put women like in the same? I room? don't think so. I mean, based on twenty four, they locked all the women in one cage and kept them separate from men. So, um, I look. I would assume they keep them separate because men are uh, assholes. Men are scary. Yeah, men are creeps, <laughs> and particularly, you know, people in prison who don't get the action that Noah and I do. So, therefore, <laughs> I was going to say Colin, but it's been a couple of years since he's had children. Um, so, on, yeah. The doctor of making love. <laughs> the art of making children, Noah, remember? <laughs> um, it is funny so- scene, though. And, like, you have to imagine, like, in that cage and when they're in the prison van, like, that's not Saeed. That's like Naveen being locked up because he keeps trying get, to get yeah, off well, set. The, <laughs> n- none of this in the last coming. Mean, next week when Naveen gets hooking up, he's just like, oh, hello, Molly. How you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember yeah, making out with him you. in the cage. Yeah, he's just he like, wasn't oh, supposed to be sake. in the shot at all. Am I, am I still in this show? Um, then we get poor old uh, Ben's walking off with his arm in a sling. And, oh, Alex is back. Our last ever Alex appearance. Um, and I love how she's like, I love the little subtleties here. Like, who would want to hurt the nicest guy ever? You would oh, never do anything creepy. wrong. Um, oh. But then it's all like, oh, why don't we give you a lift home? And Ben's like, no, I'm fine. It's like, oh, you've only got one arm. How are you meant to drive? Old stumpy McArm face. And he's all like, oh, duh, oh you're lucky you're here. Oh, there's my mum right there. Mum, can we take Dr. Linus home? And who should appear? It's the late, great... Uh, Mia Aww. Furlan, Danielle Russo, here Rest she is. She's like, bonjour, Sex- man, hello. <laughs> Sexy Russo as well, like hot mama. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd go home to that that dinner uh, with both of them. Yes, yeah. please. Rest in peace, Mira. I was, I was getting a bit sad watching this because Mira Furlan's great. Un- underappreciated character in law. Well, I actually like this. Thing. Like, it's. I mean, I've always been a fan of the Flash Sideways. And, again, the one thing this does is, like, really – get you intrigued as to Ooh, what's going to happen here because basically we're at dinner um, and they're cooking and then um, Alex is doing a homework or whatever and then Rousseau's like, oh, would you mind passing me a plate? Uh, <laughs> and Ben's like, yes, fuck off, get your own plate. Um, but we find out that Alex's father died when Alex was two and that Ben is the closest thing that she's ever had to a father. Oh, Daddy Ben here. Oh, okay. Uh, and Ben gets a bit emotional. Oh, it's sweet. And I love how Ben's just like, oh, it must be the onions. Um, and then I love Danielle who's just like, oh, next time I won't use as many onions. Oh. Uh, it's a nice scene. Like, uh, it's, it's they're, weird. They're they do have chemistry, Cookie. weirdly. Yeah, which is like, are they trying to pass that off? Because they have that, like, mild flirting glance at each other, like, oh, Ben mm. and Rousseau. Because Ben doesn't really have a girlfriend. Like, I mean, I guess he wants to bang Juliet, but, and I guess Alex wants oh. to bang him in the afterlife, but. Um, well, he, you know? he had Annie when he was a kid, but then they never showed what happened to her. So. What happened? Um, yeah. I, wanted, I wanted Carl to come back as well, uh, Alex's boyfriend. Like, what? Yeah. Wouldn't it have been fun for him to be at the school and be like the jealous boyfriend? Like, why is that hanging around Mr. Mr. Uh, ben so much? 
That's a good point. What about Ben's dad? Well, we just saw Ben's dad, didn't we? That's a dumb thing. But where is he, though? Like, afterwards, like, I mean, he gets stuck in his wheelchair or whatever he is back in his home watching his tapes. Ben's, Ben's like, banging Russo, and he's, like, hooked up to his oxygen, like, Ben, where are you? Yeah, typical Ben being a dick to his dad. Um, So uh, we then get Locke shown by Jack's office. Um, sees a picture of Vol, our hero, with his fake son and Christian. Um, and Jack's all like, oh, that was last Thanksgiving. Um, and I, I love, like, this bit where Locke's just like, oh, yeah, remember when you gave me a card? I threw it away, by the way. <laughs> um, TV's Terry O'Quinn's great here. Dick Locke. I love I love this scene though because basically Locke's going on about how of all the doctors in Los Angeles it happened to be you, uh, and then the same man who ran me down beat up a teacher at his school today and said that he wasn't there to hurt me but to help him let him go, uh, which are basically the same words that you used last time we were together, uh, and that uh, Locke's like maybe this is happening for a reason maybe you're meant to fix me to which Jack is like oh you're maybe a confusing coincidence with fate. And then uh-huh. Locke's like, oh, just whatever it's called, I'm ready to get out of this wheelchair. So nice little connection of everything here. And is this our real, like, last, I guess, scene like this between these two? Because I know we sort of got next week when Locke awakes, but it's more of a, you know, they're against each other scene in a weird way. So this is kind of like the last time we get these two almost having like a, a uh, well, not an argument, but like a conversation like this, right? Yeah, it probably would be, and it's a nice little end off with the whole fate coincidence thing. Um, but this scene makes me laugh because it might have one of the most unintentionally hilarious lines ever, where Jack's like, "I, I, I don't know what is. Are you trying to imply that I ran you down with a car?" <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Jack. It was all your plan. <laughs> but it's just so funny because Matthew Fox and Jack are acting so seriously when he says that. He's like, are you implying that I ran you down with the car? <laughs> oh, our hero, the the secret mastermind of, of criminal beings in there. But it's, I mean, like, obviously we're going to get some great stuff with these two next week with Matthew Fox and Terry O'Quinn. But it's just, I don't know, like, I, I like it how these two really at the end of the day are kind of like the the two main people who have their comings together, right? So I like this little moment. It's a nice little scene. And I also, I completely forgot, spoiler alert for next week, was that Jack's kind of the last one to wake up. And I kind of like how they do that, like and kind of lead into it and that our hero uh, is the one who's the last one to be our hero, if that makes sense. It's going to be sad next week. Yes, it is. Uh <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of meta like next week. I forgot how meta next week is. Like with some of the things that they say, and there's also is it this week? Oh no, it's next week when um the man in black is like, oh, of all the people, I thought you, know, you it's you, Jack. It's kind of obvious, don't you think? <laughs> like <laughs> um anyway, so they're getting ready to transport uh, Saeed, Desmond, and Kate. Near old Sawyer's having a bit of mild flirting with Kate. And I love how, like, she's all like, you can let me go, I'm innocent. And he's like, I can't, Freckles, I'm a cop. And what does she say? Like, like, are you? Um, and it's like, oh, mild flirting between these two. And again, I'm saying it, these two should have ended up together in the afterlife, but whatever, doesn't happen. Might be our last mild flirting between these two, is it? Well, I mean, it's a busy week next week. No, there's no real mild flirting between them next week. So, oh, there's, I guess That's when he's saying. like, well, he, like, addresses, he 
touches her wounds for like five seconds and they share a glance. That's about it. So that's um, the thing. This episode really is the beginning of the finale. They're wrapping up a lot of character interactions. Um, yeah, well, that's sad. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a. I don't want Kate, Kate to end up with Shannon in the church. I want Kate to end up with Boone. <laughs> I just also I know we're a week early, but I forget how Boone gets reintroduced next week. Well, Boone's getting Boone's beat up. <laughs> we would expect nothing less. Classic Boone. How does Boone get reintroduced? Getting beat up at a bar. <laughs> oh Boone. Anyway, so Saeed, Desmond, and Kate are in the van, and I like this little moment where Desmond's basically like. Um, you know, oh, we're going to be leaving soon. And Saeed and Kate's like, you're crazy. You turned yourself in. And it's like, um, you know, what did you do? Oh, I kind of ran over a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> but then I love how he's like, I am crazy. But, um, you know, yeah, sure I am. But, you know, do you guys want to get out of here? It's like, I'll make a bet with you. If I get you out of here, you've got to promise to do whatever I say. And I love how Kate's like, oh, yeah, sure. What if this happened? And all of a sudden he got out and it's like, all right, you put on that outfit, you put on that outfit, you're my sex slaves now for the next six weeks. You promised. Um, I'm going to try that if I ever go to jail. Um, so hopefully I'm going to think with women, not men. Obviously if they're men, who cares? I've tried anything once. Um, so basically he says like, oh, <laughs> the, 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 the van's going to stop soon. The driver knows when to stop. Uh, and all of a sudden it stops. And who lets them out? TV's Michelle Rodriguez. Movies, Michelle Rodriguez. Movies, Michelle Rodriguez. Of course, the Fast and the Furiouses, um, Anna Lucia. Which I'm sure you've got things to say, but I'm excited to see her back. I've never been a it's fan. Fun. It's cute, but but like I, I'm weirdly never opposed to her just like randomly coming back because like I don't think you can do an LAPD storyline without having her come back and like. The one thing, like, I've complained a lot about how you bring these people back, like, a week before or two weeks before, but they're not in the church. But you kind of do get that line here when, like, she lets them out and then basically uh, Hurley shows up, gives Anna Lucia 125, 125 grand, and then I love, like, obviously she doesn't know who he is and then Desmond and Hurley are like, oh, is she coming with us? And they're like, oh, no, she's not ready yet. Which, again, I kind of weirdly like, like, I mean, I don't know if you like it or not, but, like, I've got to imagine that, like, yeah, okay, this whole thing's about them being in the church ready to move on. But, yeah, I'm sure some people maybe aren't, like, they haven't addressed all their demons yet. We haven't been able to get Michelle Rodriguez for a five-episode arc for her to address her demons. So, therefore, ah, she's not ready yet. Um, So, I don't know. I kind of like this, that they got her back, even if it was for, like, one scene, and they still sort of explain why she's not going to be in the church next week, which they don't do with Nadia. They don't do with Helen. Yeah, I mean, personally, like, the, the scene is just so funny. Like, you didn't tell me Anna Lucia was going to be here. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know you tell me. <laughs> and, like, it's – I've spoken about how I'm a fan of Anna Lucia, and, but she's such a bitch in this scene. It's so <laughs> funny. Like, I, and I have to imagine they, they knew the character was hated, so they just went completely overboard, making all of her lines so unlikable and just a little – kind of tribute to the fact that no one liked that character. Um, and it's just the fact that she's crooked and taking 125 grand and helping Desmond. Um, and Desmond also never met Anna Lucia, right? So I don't know how he, he like, even if you woke up, he would still not know who she is. Um, mm. But let's not nitpick that. But 
Well, there's lots yeah, of nitpicks here. Like, how did that? How does she get away with telling the police? Oh yeah, no, they just they just got away. Like, <laughs> sure. I kind of uh, firstly, I do think when Sawyer went to have the date, he would have worked better in his episode if he met with Anna Lucia because mm. he had at least some connection. Like, they got it on, sexy they jungle sex. Yeah. Um, he got the clap. Still, still a fan of that one. I think that was that was one of the the better one. The better um, sex is that what you're trying to say? Of all the sex in this show, yeah. well, it's involved in a lot of it. But um, <laughs> it's always a slut. We've already established that. Yeah, uh, but it, it is a purposeful decision. They could have brought her back next week. They could have put her in the church. Like so, they made this decision and they actually wrote dialogue around it. And yeah, it kind of makes sense because. Uh, Libby has that connection with Hurley, but Anna, and Bernard has the Rose connection and everything. But Anna Lucia and Echo never really had any; they never really gelled with the group or had much connection. Mm. And they were only in island time, maybe there for two or three weeks. So I, it makes sense that they maybe wouldn't be in the church. Um, the only one thing is like. It would have been nice to have a Jack and a Lucia scene. Like we've got Desmond Hurley and Saeed kind of talked with Anna Lucia a bit, but like Desmond Hurley, Kate never really had much with Anna Lucia. So it would have been nice if either Sawyer or Jack got to have one little moment with her. And, mm. and maybe to to add on to like the theory that the church at the end is Jack's vision. Maybe, maybe she even wakes up, and, but she says, "I'm not going with you guys. I've got my own sort of." Rather than she's not ready, I they, forget they about have... that because we get that with Ben. They've kind of got a yeah, choice. So whether maybe, they, yeah, maybe they could have had her wake up, and then she says, "Well, I'm not going with you guys. I'm going somewhere else," and that that would have led more mystery leading into the finale. Like, oh, what's? But Which... yeah, I like the scene. I think it's kind of cool that she doesn't go. I like. I mean, yeah. I and I just think it's. It's a nice little thing that you at least explain it. And, like, I wish maybe we had have had a line somewhere where they said, like, oh, you know, we're not going to get AAA back, but, like, oh, Mr. Echo. Like, I mean, Mr. Echo was a religious man, so maybe Mr. why does Mr. Echo need to be in purgatory? He could just be like, oh, he's already in heaven. He's Mr. Echo. Like, I mean, yeah. you know. It would have been nice. To, at least a line. Like, Anna Lucia could have yeah. said That's what I'm I mean. Like, I mean, And that's why, like, it's just frustrating that you have – Helen and Nadia are in it so close from the end and, like, you just can't have a line. You just can't explain why they're not there because, like, I forgot, like, next week how bad Saeed's reunion with Shannon is. Like, it's, there's no lead-up to it. It comes out of nowhere and, like, that's it. Like, what? And it's absolutely gross as well. <laughs> oh. Well, speaking of gross, can I, just, I, want, I want to remember next week. I love Evangeline Lilly, but the scene where she makes out with Jack next week, she looks like she's the worst kisser. Like, I didn't even realise until then. Watch it. When you watch it, you watch Kate kiss Jack on the cliff. It looks like she's, like, trying to eat his head. Like, the way she no, opens her mouth. Nowhere near as good as the doctor of making love, Ben Waterworth. Well, exactly. All right. The doctor. I'm liking these um, these nicknames I'm getting. Um, so, anyway, uh, Annalise has got the money. She goes. And then Desmond, <laughs> like... Imagine just this Kate and say, like, okay. And then Desmond's like, all right, say you're going with Hurley. Kate, you come with me and wear this dress. Uh, we're going to a concert. <laughs> like, okay, uh, break me out of jail, put me in a cocktail dress and go to a concert. All right. It's not what no, I was expecting like Des- you to make, you you know, but sure. Desmond's coming across as some weird, like, incel guy who, like, breaks a woman out of prison just so that she'll go to a, a concert with him. 
Well, I mean, oh. it's not the worst thing you could do to break a woman out of prison for. So, I mean, it's slightly chivalrous. Like, come to a concert with me. All right, you can go home now. Like, that's it. Well, I, 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 I love the kind of ending, though. It, it really kind of amps you up, like, when he gets the dress out, like, and you're like, all right, we're all heading to the concert. Like, it's a great little moment. And I think Henry and Cusick does a good job. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so, yeah, anything else to add on the Flash sideways at all? No, just it is one of the better ones, I would say. Like, it's fun watching all these characters. I agree. Noah Grows, I agree. Um, so I guess we can go, let's go with uh, Jack and Kate and the gang because uh, I think this is the longest one, so we can kind of uh, go through that. So Jack's ditching Kate again, uh, well, the other way around from, I guess, the pilot. Um, I love Lostpedia. Kate is pale and emotional. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Lostpedia, for telling us that. Um, Kate sort of talks about how um, Sun and Jin, uh, you know, Jin's never going to meet his daughter and a bit sad and that, oh, no, we've got to kill Locke. We've got to get revenge. I, lo- um, I love how, like, uh, uninterested Jack is, though, that he didn't even know that they had a daughter. <laughs> She's telling Jack. He's just like, okay. Um, she was born, like, a year after they got back. They were off the island for three years. Did Jack ever, like, follow up on, like, Sun when she was off the island? Like, I don't yeah, think so. Like, he's too busy bastard. fucking Kate. He didn't even know she had a daughter. Wouldn't, wouldn't Kate have, like, they were in a relationship for how long? Weren't they engaged? Like, I mean, surely, like, they're getting, a, like, a card. Like, Kate's going, um, like, oh, Jack, look. And he's off drinking or something. I don't know. Yeah, Sun's sitting there in soul, like, no one wants to talk with me. What did I do? Uh, Sawyer and Hurley are just watching um, stuff wash up on the beach. This is, well, I guess we got a bit of a Kate with Sawyer moment here. Kate kind of just like leans on Sawyer a little bit. Um, and then Jack's like, we're going to go to the well. We're going to find Desmond. You know, Saeed said uh, that uh, Locke wants Desmond. So basically it means we're going to we're going to need him. We're going to have to beat old gummy Joe. Um, so we're going through uh, the jungle and then sort of we get a bit of a conversation about Sawyer, wondering why Locke didn't just kill Desmond, and Jack's talking about these rules. Um, and then they kind of get a nice little moment between Sawyer and Jack here where Sawyer's just like, I should have listened to you, Doc. Like, was it me who killed them by pulling out the things? And Jack's like, no, he killed them, which this is, I guess, one of those moments where it kind of is like, well, did if they had left it, would it have gone off? And did Sawyer pulling the things actually make it go off? Like, I mean, is that meant to be this open-ended thing that we're never meant to know? I, mean, I guess, like, the man in black knew what he was doing, so uh, he wasn't just going to let them go through, so I assume it would have went off anyway. Yeah, well, maybe. You never know. There's a question for Carlton and that um, to get on the show. But uh, we do see a uh, little baby Jacob here. What's the the weird, his actor's name, like Kenton Frugal or something Kenton like that? Judy. Kenton Judy. Kenton Frugal. <laughs> Um, Kenton Judy, TV's Kenton Judy is back. Uh, Hurley sees him. Um, he wants his ashes back. So Hurley gives him and little shit Jacob grabs him and runs off in the jungle and we got Hurley running. It's good to see Hurley run for a little bit. <laughs> he gets a bit offended by uh, Anna Lucia calling him Tubby. So he's like, no, oh, I'm going to run this off. Um, and then adult Jacob is at the fire and uh, I, I love this, like, moment because obviously Jacob's like, uh, we're very close to the end. Once this fire goes out, you'll never see me again. TV's Mark Pellegrino is about to his contract We're going to see him again on many shows after yeah. this. <laughs> um, All the but shows. Again, 
Once again, it goes from day to night pretty quickly. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's day again at the beginning of this episode when he's stitching her up, but it was night. <laughs> yeah, well, it's night again. Like they've been walking a lot through the channel. There's no concept they're, they're of time two, anymore. <laughs> two episodes away from the end, like continuity. They're like, eh, all right, let's just get this done with. I love this scene. Um, I've marked this down as a potential top five, although having said that, next week I've marked down six moments as potential top five. So from a season we haven't had many, so the last couple of episodes we're getting a lot. But um, Hurley, uh, Kate, Sawyer and Jack show up and they can all see Jacob. And so Hurley's all like, oh, you can see him? Okay. Uh, and then Kate, oh, angry Kate. Like, why did you write our names on the wall? Who are you? <laughs> like, you killed Sanagen. Uh, they didn't die for anything. Um, and Jacob's old, calm old Jacob here. Uh, I'm going to tell you what they died for, why I chose them. And then he also once again says, like, oh, once this fire is out, I'm gone. But by the time this fire is out, there's going to be a new protector of the island. You're all getting a job, uh, basically. <laughs> and I want a job. <laughs> I've got a job. I'm a... Cop in the afterlife. What does Hurley say like after like, oh, glad it wasn't me. Yeah, <laughs> which is that, do you think that's deliberate? Like that's a, you know. Definitely. So um, I, I just, I love this scene. Jacob basically saying like a long time ago, he made a mistake and because of his fuck up, basically everyone could die. Uh, that, you know, he's bad. I'm sorry. I made the man in black. Uh, the man in black's been trying to kill me basically. And then as soon as somebody did that, somebody would have to replace me, which... Again, does this make sense? Like, Jacob only died recently. Like, I mean, so they've been brought there a long time. But also, one thing I noticed, why does Jacob only ever try to get Americans to the island? Like, I mean, I know Claire's an Australian and so it's technically an Iraqi, but, I mean, you know, like, racist Jacob. Um, He's a big fan of CSI. Yeah, well, what, what if someone from, like, I don't know, Laos or, you know, Chad was a good candidate? Well, he-, he tries for two Koreans and look how that turned out. Belize, um, Fiji, like, I don't know. Like, he tried with Koreans, he tried an Iraqi, and he tried a guy from Africa and didn't work out very well. Fair point. All right, there you go. Uh, good job, Ben. Uh, but I, I love, like, this moment where Sawyer's just kind of like, you know, why why should we have to pay for your mistakes? We were, we were happy. is amazing in this scene. He's so good. He's like, we, we, we were happy. And then I just, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I also think, Mark, give him some credit here. The way he's just sort of like, like, no, you're not. None of you were happy. I plucked you all from like a shit existence. None of you were happy at all. You were flawed. You sucked. And like, there's just something about this, which is just kind of like, oh, you remember all their flashbacks and you remember their lives. And you're like, yeah, yeah, no, none of them were happy. So I think it's a great sort of uh, conclusion to this whole section of it. Uh, and then what does he say? Like, um, I chose you because you needed the island as much as the island needs them. And then we get Kate basically going like, well, why is my name crossed off then, bastard? And then he's like, well, you became a mother. So you basically found something in life. And then I love how he basically goes like, well, you can have the job if you want it, Kate. Like, I mean, you're not disqualified, but I'm just saying. You've got some. <laughs> Shut up, Kate. <laughs> Which I've got, to, I've got to ask one question, though, before we get to this stuff. What if all of them were just like, don't want to do it. <laughs> like, what if I like no? I, I yeah. I mean, like, I think Evangeline Lily does a good job in this scene too. But I mean, they all do. But like that, that has to be one of the dumbest season-long mysteries. Like, why was Kate's name crossed off only for him to like a throwaway line? You became a mother. Like, it I was just a. It. 
but it, it's so it's it's not it doesn't really have much artistic integrity to in the final season come up with mysteries for the sake of mysteries it's it's not like the numbers or the hatch or the the button it, or the why did the plane crash it's just an artificial mystery invented to keep the viewers sort of going along so and then for him to just say you became a mother oh, yeah. i mean yeah i see what you're saying not but bad. at the same time i don't know like i i kind of like it and i can see it because it still kate's then got something to fight for she's like okay yeah fair enough which i then guess it's like well Sawyer's going to leave the island. He's really got nothing still. He's still got a shit life. Um, I mean, he got revenge on uh, uh, what's-his-face, Anthony Cooper. And then also then, but you think of Kate, she became a mother, but then Claire's going back. Claire will get better and Claire will raise Aaron. So then Kate's just going to go like, oh, well, I lost my ex-fiance. I've lost my baby now. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> so if anything, poor old Kate and uh, Sawyer have got a shit life to go back to. <laughs> Kate's like climbing down that ladder, trying to like get rid of the line, put her name back on the wall. <laughs> but it doesn't make a lot of sense because like, why does like Jin's name not get crossed off? He became a dad. Yes, he didn't meet her, but like he's going to go back to it. And like, and then poor old Claire, like Jacob, uh, uh, I need to protect her. <laughs> like, uh, Fuck off, like, Claire. She gets crossed off, but not because she became a mother, but because she becomes a loony. What about but poor Boone? Like, like Boone, like, if he didn't, you know, he did nothing wrong. Like, I mean, and what was Boone? What was so horrible about Boone's life? Like, Shannon didn't love him? He's rich par- parents. Like, I mean, you know, seriously, like, what was he missing in life? He had it all. He did. <laughs> he had a hot half sister who he could fuck and lots of money. Um, if anything, like Boone was, he was good. Girl. I mean, maybe he probably should have like been better at being a lifeguard. But um, you know, like, what was so bad about Joanna's life? What was so bad about Miles' life? Miles was, you know, having a pretty good life. Um, Faraday wasn't that bad. Um, I guess they weren't brought to the island, though, were they? They were there to... Imagine if Boone became the protector. <laughs> but he's in the back. He's one of the whispers. He's going, I'll do it. <laughs> and it's like, Boone, you're dead. You can't. I'll do it. No, you're dead. That's the, uh, just had him popping up out of the creek. We were robbed, robbed of, like, Jacob never having a scene with Boone. Oh, Jacob and Boone. Do you think Ian Summerholder would have been a better Jacob and Mark Pellegrino a better Boone? <laughs> No, uh, never recast Boone. But who is the one who would put his hand up if it's not Boone? It's our hero, Jack. Um, which, like, I, I know you're always indifferent on Jack, but I kind of, like, I like it. I like how this is going to turn out. Like, yeah, Jack's kind of the obvious one. We get that passing joke next week from Locke. But, again, it kind of makes sense. I think, like, I don't see Sawyer doing this. I don't see Kate doing this. I mean, you, Hurley, spoiler alert, will do this, but I see Hurley doing this in the way that he gets passed on to it by Jack. Like, who else really would do this at this point? No, it's a great scene, and it's a great... Matthew Fox does a great job, but it is the obvious one, and what makes it so good is they did this in the second last episode rather than the finale. If this happened in the finale, it's like, oh, grown, it's Jack, but... Because they do it in the second last episode, then we're thinking, well, what's going to actually happen in the finale? Like, are we going to get to see like a thousand years in the future with Jack? Like, <laughs> old so, bearded Jack stroking his beard <laughs> with a cane. So I think it works, but I mean, and it is such the obvious one, but it's such a great kind of conclusion to Jack's story yeah. arc. Like, I I don't like Jack as a 
guy, but I think he has one of the best, if not the best kind of character development that he started from this skeptic guy who uh, would get angry and try and fix things to the point where he's standing up and he's like, yep, this is my destiny. This is what I was meant to do. Continuing what John Locke wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so it's such a great sort of moment. And yeah, the fact that it's in this second last episode works so well, but I mean, got to give some points off for Jack, probably the shortest stint of a protector of an Island. He didn't do a very good well- job. In all fairness, we don't know how long Hurley stays involved because he's already getting freaking somebody else to take over in the uh, in the in the prologue. Like I mean, you know, lazy Hurley. Um, Jacob's sitting there in the church, like, oh my God, these people are useless. I put in yeah. two thousand years. Fucking Americans, uh, <laughs> trying to take shortcuts. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, and I think that what makes it better is that yeah, he's the obvious choice. But like, they kind of pull the wool over your eyes as who then becomes the ultimate guardian of the island because i would have never predicted that next week so i don't think i did at all we're going to be busy next week a lot so i'm curious to your opinion on this because this is kind of the culmination of this speech is basically lead everything is leading up to this point this is why they were on the plane people were theorizing since season one why did they all know each other why why were they on the crash do you like the way this plotline went that it turned into this sort of 2,000-year-old guardians and the, the reason they were all here and they all had connections was because they were brought here by someone because they were lost? Uh, do you like that that's kind of the path that they went down and that we got to this point with the whole candidate sort of thing? B- before I answer, I just want to quickly just, I feel like, I mean, because I can answer this based on what this is, I should have mentioned that Jack, by Jack, taking over Jacob, he's got to protect the light of the island, which if the light goes out, things are bad, and essentially Jack drinks the um, the, the Kool-Aid and he becomes um, Jacob. We get the line of, now you're like me. Um, and he's got to try and kill the man in black. Does he know if he can do it? No, but anyway, he might kill us all. So that's to conclude all that. Um, yeah, I do. Like, I think the one thing I'll say is, like, and I think we mentioned this recently, you would have, you're watching the pilot. You're never going to imagine this is how it's going to turn out. You know, like I'm sure if you're watching Gilligan's Island, like, you know, oh, one day there's going to be a man who's 2,000 years old, protect the island. I don't know. I never saw how Gilligan's Island end. Maybe that's how it ended. But I kind of like it because it's one of those things where I don't think I ever watched this show having massive theories about what would happen. But, like, it's it's kind of, you know, on paper, if you just write it down, of Lost is about a, a magical island where a group of lost people are brought to an island to ultimately make the you know, ultimate sacrifice to protect it, which protects the world. Like, it's a quick summary of loss, and that's pretty much what it is. And I think it's kind of the build-up to it because, you know, again, you're not expecting that in the first season, but there's enough little dangles of information in the first season if you go back and watch it. Like, okay, that's where it does, and they do well tying it up. And again, here you go, roll your eyes a bit for bringing up chronologically lost, but that's where I think that does a really good job of when you watch it chronologically, of, say, getting a season six scene, mixing it with a season one scene, and they just feel so natural like they fit. So, yeah, I kind of like it. I, I don't know what other theories were out there of what everything could be. I know the whole they're all dead and this is hell sort of thing and all that kind of stuff, but I'm fine with it. I kind of like it. I don't like the plug, but that's next week. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm completely fine with it. I, and I've, I've always been one who's been satisfied with the way Lost ended. So I, I don't know. How do you feel? 
a lot of people kind of hoped that it went more the sci-fi sort of route, um, which up to season five was kind of leading that way, but then they kind of curved and did the spiritual sort of thing. Um, and and there was a lot of theorizing about, I think, like there's this thing called the Valenzetti equation that was like that the Dharma were there, like they predicted a date that the world was going to end and the island was something. And um, I I don't mind it. And I've never minded the spiritual. I think by season six, I was just along for the ride. Like at that point, like this is going to end the way it's going to end. Um, I just, I don't mind it. I just think it's a bit clunky. Like I don't mind the idea that they were all handpicked and brought here by someone, but I do think like some of it is a bit like, you remember in Spectre in James Bond, um, we had that scene where Blofeld was kind of like, oh, yeah, and all of those missions that you were <laughs> on, that, that was yeah. me. And it was just so, like, clunky and just, like, not well thought through. I'm not saying this is not well thought through, but I do think I don't mind the, the idea of it. I just think the delivery is a bit clunky. It's a kind of a bit at the end, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I just brought you all here and... Um, I just lost need to be given some leeway in that they they didn't know how many seasons they were gonna do. They were kind of going along. Damon Lindelof's talked about this over and over that he wanted three or four seasons, and that he think he comes out now and says Lost would have been better with twelve episodes for each season. Hmm. Um, and now I think he's saying. I think I read an interview where he's saying like every show he makes from now on, he, he's going to make it one or two seasons. And if the network doesn't want that, he's going to move on. So, um, In a church. I just, I just wish there was a bit more kind of lead up and a bit more. I agree with what you're saying. You can go back and watch season one and season six and see like, I just think that I wish there was a bit more of a, that they showed that they knew what it was leading to. And I'm, I'm fine with Lost making it up as they go along because there's no way they could plan it fully out. I just wish there was a bit more of guidance throughout the sixth season. Like we joke about that video of, why didn't you tell me this five, five years ago? But yeah, I, I don't mind. I just think the delivery was not bang on. I completely get that opinion of it. I think the Spectre comparison is a great one, but I think, yeah, the difference is, is that, Spectre, it does definitely, and I'm, you know, I'm a massive defender of Spectre, but it does come across clunky because you can't watch Casino Royale, Quantum, and Skyfall and go like, oh, well, clearly Blofeld's behind it because it doesn't make sense. Whereas I think this does make sense, and yeah, I think that's, that's the difference. Um, you and, had the man in black saying like, I led you to the water and stuff. Yeah, and like also like how the reason why we've been doing these questions and answers a lot of the time is because we've always said in doing this show that people complain about there not being answers, but the majority of them are. And I think that, yeah, they make it up as they go along, but I think 80% of this doesn't feel like they do. This is very much like, again, Breaking Bad comparison. Breaking Bad, the only season which was a planned season from point A to point B was season two. You know, Vince Gilligan has said, I wrote that completely. I knew what was happening. Every other season of Breaking Bad, he didn't know what was happening from beginning to an end. But you can't tell. Like, it's done in such a way you can't tell. 24, we've been doing that recently, and the writers of that have clearly said, yeah, every season we don't know what's happening from point A to point B. And in covering that every week, you can kind of tell. Whereas, you know, this, I think, 80% of the time, you couldn't tell that unless you knew that. So, yeah, there are definitely 
lazy bits and there are definitely things and yeah i can definitely see that viewpoint but there's just something about like this speech around the fight like there's just something about it which i'm like yeah, okay I'm, I'm fine with that whereas yeah specter it's a bit like it was me james like yeah sure it was blofeld have another drink yeah i the thing is i actually don't care like you brought up breaking bad and i've heard that too i don't actually care if a show makes things up as you go along like, i'm fine with that and because everything is made up in the end. Um, but lot, there was something about Lost where they just fell into this trap. It, it was the first show that was such a mystery mythology like this ever. But authors and TV writers and movie writers, all of them make things up as they go along. But it just they just fell into this trap where the viewers had to know that the producers had a plan. And they had... Damon and Carlton have come out and said, yeah, we had to lie to people. The network made us tell people we knew everything because otherwise the viewers are going to lose faith in this because there were so many threads. And so Lost kind of got a raw deal in that every show is made up. Like, why why do we criticize Damon and Carlton, but then all these other shows get a, a free pass? Like, it's not fair. Uh, and to all things considering, as you said, like 80% of it, they kind of, for, for such the momentous kind of wall they were up against, they they did pretty good. You got to give it to them. It's a great. It's a great. Yeah, I completely agree with that because I think the classic example of having something planned to the point where you know how it's going to end when you begin is How I Met Your Mother. They the creators of that said we knew from day one what how it was going to end, and How I Met Your Mother has arguably one of the worst, if not the worst, endings of any TV series out there. And they box themselves into a hole with that. And even the creators of that now have come out years later and said, like, yeah, we, we set ourselves knowing where it was going to end and we couldn't really get out of that from a certain point on, so we were kind of fucked. So, yeah, I definitely think it. you do need to make it up. And it's, it's a level of fake it till you make it, though, and that's where it comes down to if it looks like you knew what you are doing the whole time, it, it works. Because I'm a fan of a, a coherent storyline that, yeah, it makes sense. And, like, I, like, I'm not a TV writer and I never will be a TV writer, but, like, it's one of these things where I assume that if you've got a season, you, you know, you can get a noteboard and just write, okay, here are a couple of things we think should do. I'm assuming someone's got, like, a little production Bible where they can go, okay, we're in season five, we're about to meet Penny's cousin. What was that name? We mentioned their cousin's name in season two. Problem I had with Third Watch, they forgot characters, husbands and wives' names four seasons later and made it up. It was like, this is not what their name was in season one, but okay. Um, so, mm. you know, things like that, continuity, but then, like, a consistency. And you're right, like, Lost was a show which was damned if you, damned if you don't. Even if they literally found a way to answer every single question that was done satisfactory, it was still not going to please everyone. I mean, Star Wars is a classic example. That was a sequel trilogy. I mean, it was too many cooks. It was just bullshit, and look what we got. So, you know, I think, yeah, it's... At the end of the day, like, I'm fine with this. I completely am down with this explanation. I can see why some people aren't. I can see why you can be 50-50 of either. But, like, that's the beauty of a show like Lost, as we were talking about the other week with mysteries and things like that. Sometimes, yeah, it's great to have things answered. Sometimes leave it open-ended and sometimes just have somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I completely agree. I just think, I also think the longer, the fir- we're 12 years out from the finale now, the further you get away from something, the more it kind of becomes, this is the story. Like yeah. maybe in 2010, in June, after a month later, it's still fresh and you're like, oh, I wish they did this. Like, I'm yeah. sure when you use Star Wars, I'm sure when Return of the Jedi came out in 1983, 
there were people saying, oh, Leia's sister, blah, 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 another Death Star, why did they do the Ewok? And then 30, 40 years on, that's just the story that we know it as, and we don't really think, oh, they should have done this. It's just the story. And I think 12 years on, to me, I've had some issues, but to me, the six seasons of Lost just feel like the story now. Yeah. Uh, and the, yes, I still have issues, but uh, but yeah, like I just even on Reddit, non-Lost Reddits, I still see people shitting on Lost based on the whole they made it up as they went along thing, and it's just not fair that this show gets that, but not every other show gets a free pass. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I do think now it just feels like the story, and we just view it as this is what it is. And There's I, no and Lost we'll- too. Well, no, well, that's what I was going to say. We'll no doubt talk about this in a couple of weeks when we wrap the whole thing up. But, like, I, I'm actually very happy they've never rebooted this. They've never brought back a sequel, a prequel or anything. And I, to this day, I hope they never do because, like, it's it ruins yeah. things. I can't think – I mean, again, we can talk about this in another episode. Name one show that has benefited from, like, a reboot or a prequel. There's or a only one, and it's Better Call Saul. That's exactly. the only one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Vince Gillen is just a smart man. So, and we and we are recording this to date. This we are recording this two days before the series tonight. So we don't know how it ends. Better Call Saul could have the worst ending ever. And here we are, like people are going, "Why are they talking about that? That show turned to shit." But like, I am not scared. In two days, we're going to get a bad Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, well, I've never watched it, but I've heard what a about it. Like, it's, yeah. I, I, I have never been fearful that Better Call Saul is going to fuck things up. He says right now, two days from not having seen it. So, uh, you, ask we will talk about. About this more but you're right it's such that it is that apple uh, dangling like yeah let's give you more star wars let's give you more uh never 24. let's give you that apple and we want to bite the apple but it never works out it never works it's, it's a, a problem with reboot. society now. We, we we think that the only way to bring you great content is revisiting things. And, like, I'm somebody who will go see sequels and prequels and these sort of things, but, like, where's original content? Like, I mean, this is what was so good about Lost. It was original and new. So create something. Not, I'm saying don't create manifest like the next Lost, but, like, just something in – I mean, in – a year's time, five years' time, ten years' time, there's going to be some pop cultural phenomenon right now that we have no idea about that is going to be the next big thing. And it's like, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't know about Lost. So, you know, what's the next thing going to be? That's what we want to talk about and get excited for. So, yeah. Uh, at the time of recording, Damon Lindelof got in a bit of hot water because he came out and said that they're making too many Marvel movies and they need to make less and... uh he got Don't kind dare of, rip into Marvel. <laughs> yeah, he kind of got taken out of context, but like he's been posting memes about it, which that's why I love him. But um, like it's true. And Damon has said, like, I'm a hypocrite because I made I wrote Star Trek movies and I wrote Prometheus, but he's also come and said, like, I want to make original content and Lost was such a and I I really respect that they're outright said since 2010 we will never have anything to do he said other people can make a lost show but i will never have and the further it gets away from lost and the longer that we haven't had a reboot the more that i just leave it alone yeah and um, that's I, I look at one franchise that i can think of which i think you and i had a discussion about it recently about why they've never done anything more i'm glad they've never done anything more is back to the future that's perfect don't touch back to the future like it's just it's there we don't need anything more of it um, you know, I'm a massive Jurassic Park fan and what have they done with that fucking franchise in the last couple of movies? So it's just like, it's just leave it alone. Um, so, 
you know. Anyway, um, the last stuff is basically our little trio, Ben, Miles, and Richard. Uh, we haven't really talked much about them. We're going to get old gummy, smoky Joe, uh, but they're going to go back to the, the barracks and there's going to be uh, some C4 there. And I love Ben. It's like, it's in my secret room behind the bookcase. Uh, it's enough to destroy the plane 10 times over. Um, I like this moment where Miles kind of is sensing something on the ground and it's uh, Alex's grave because Richard buried Alex here and um, that uh, hey, Ben's just you, like... Richard. Thank you, Richard, for burying my daughter. Oh, Richard. I like I like Richard in the last couple of episodes. It doesn't have much to do, but, like, I like no. that Richard gets off the island, you know? I mean, I am jumping a little bit ahead, but when I watched this in 2010, I thought he died here in this Yeah, episode. me too. Him and Lapidus. I, just, I thought we were like, gone. He's, he's an important character, but not really that important, so I thought him and Lapidus got the sort of, like, throwaway deaths almost. Well, it's also like next week too when you've got um, basically these three getting onto the island, like it's uh, the Hydra Station, whatever it is. Like when you've kind of got these characters who are somewhat important but not and you know it's a finale, like, oh, they're going to kill off like Richard or Miles because, like, we, you know, they're great but we don't give a shit. Like Lapita's, like he's, he's dead. Um, but, yeah, they don't. But, like, I just, like, if they okay, we, we had to spend a 10-minute rant about, oh, I'm glad I lost, didn't have a spin or whatever. If there's one. Richard, a, a comedy of Richard in the real world. Richard <laughs> in the real world. What's go. he doing? He doesn't know what a cell phone is. It's Richard in the real world. <laughs> Dying his hair black again. Yeah, oh, when he gets a grey hair. Oh, Richard. Um, so I like this moment, Ben in his room saying like, oh, this is where I thought I could summon the monster, but the monster was summoning me. Um, so they're getting all this, uh, the C4. Uh, then all of a sudden... Who's there? Oh, it's TV's Diet Coke Tina Fey, Zoe and Widmore are there uh, and they've got guns and they're basically like, oh, go and get the stuff from my rigger and we'll tell you what to do and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then Ben, the last chance of survival, basically, uh, that Widmore is the last chance of survival, according to him and Zoe. So... Cool. Um, I love here Widmore's like, I've had that plane rigged for explosives since my arrival. And once as usual, Linus, I'm three steps ahead of you. Like, Widmore just turned into a Bond villain all of a sudden. <laughs> like, I mean, where did this come from? TV's <laughs> Alan Dale. Some villainy. Yeah, just, you know. Um, and what, what does he say? Like, Ben's like, oh, how did you get to the island? And Widmore's like, oh, Jacob came to see me. And Ben's like, no, he didn't. And it's like, yes, he did. Uh, he's, you know, do, so is this true or is Widmore making this up? Well, I always forget about this line. I like When I heard that, I'm like, what? Um, this is where I'm saying that season six, we were robbed of not having, finally having the Wid, especially watching this episode. Like we needed the Widmore flashback episode. And it, imagine if we had that in like episode eight or something. And then at the very last scene, we see, a flashback of like Jacob visiting Widmore on the on the in America, like that would have been so like, oh, what is going on? Like, I think it is true because Widmore, as much as he's a Bond villain, he's he's against the Man in Black. He's not here to kill everyone. Which because one thing I will say, and we'll get to this bit in a moment, because like we never find out why Widmore was like what Widmore's trying to do with the island, do we? Because, I mean, but is that deliberately done? Because he kind of gets killed before and then Locke's like, oh, I know the truth, but I won't tell yeah. anyone because I'm the man in black. So, like, I, I always forget that we never realise the purpose of Widmore here. Whispering is a bit clunky. That's here. Yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, anyway, so uh, I should have mentioned Zoe's gone to the boat to basically get the shit to help them destroy all this, but then, oh, no, Man in Black's here. Um, so I love Miles. Miles is uh, going to run. Um, but then Ben's all just like, no, I'm not. Like, uh, he's going to fire me anyway. Uh, so uh, Miles runs. Richard, meanwhile, comes outside and he's all like, I'm Richard, I'm going to stand up to Locke. because oh, Richard <laughs> We're friends. Because Richard still can't die at this point, right? Because this actually, in the context of the episode, Jack hasn't been given the power yet. So Richard loses the power when Jack gets it. Is that what's meant to happen? Well, I mean, I think Richard can die. He just can't age, right? Oh, okay. Well, but the, can Richard die, though? Because isn't that why he, like, does the whole C4 thing when he's like, because his his whole thing is I want to mm. live forever. That's what he wishes from Jacob. Find out and Richard in the real world. Yeah, Richard in the real world coming to CBS <laughs> this fall. Um, poor old Richard then just gets smashed oh. into the forest. And I'm with you. I thought Richard died. Um, but then I love I just love Ben who just like sees Richard get flown into the bit and then Ben just sits down on the chair. Um, do you, which do you like or not like when gummy gummy foe walks out from around the corner after he just is it silly or is it cool? It's silly, but it's also cool. It's both. Like, because this is the last time we ever see the smoke monster, isn't it? We don't see the smoke monster from this. We don't see the smoke monster next week. Oh, do we eulogize Smokey? Maybe I don't know, but uh, good old Smokey's dead here. These but- two are just so good in this episode, though Emerson and Quinn. But this is where I just, I'm like, yeah, it's silly, but, like, I think what's cool is because you've just literally seen a smoke monster apparently kill poor old Richard Alpert, but then Ben just sit, sits on a chair, and then old gummy foe sits on a chair, gets his knife, and is just basically sitting there. It's like, hello, Ben. <laughs> like, um, and then I just, but, the, but the thing that I love about kind of what a lot of what happens in the last couple of weeks is you've got these moments where Locke is basically saying, like, I need you to kill some people. And you're always expecting some, like, resistance. Like, but I'm not going to do this. And, like, next week you get great moments where it's like, I want you to do this. But literally Ben's just like, okay. And Locke's like, oh, yeah, okay. Wasn't expecting that. I mean, sure. next week we kind of get, like, hero Ben. So this is kind of our last, like, this is classic Ben Linus stuff going on here. Like, I love him in this episode. Which I will say, and we'll obviously talk more about it next week, I, I don't know if I'm down with hero Ben ending like yeah. Ben to me is one of the greatest TV villains of all time. And I think Ben gets a bit of a raw deal in the last season. Like he kind of goes from being this epic villain to just, yeah, he gets stuck under a tree and now he's too icy. Like it's like Benjamin Linus could consider himself lucky. He gets a bit of a free pass. After Michael he's done. Fucking hell. <laughs> and Ben, how many people are dead in that grave because of Ben? But Michael <laughs> killed two people. Oopsie. Um, you know, you're stuck on we'll the talk island about for next week, but my god, like luck consider yourself lucky, Ben Lyman. Yeah, I, I just don't know if I'm a fan of Ben's ending. But uh, I mean Michael Emerson he doesn't phone it in, he does everything great with it. But um, ending. So anyway, so Locke's basically like, I need you to kill some people and then you can have the whole island to yourself. I love Dick Man in Black here, like next week. Oh, I didn't have to tell you that the island was just gonna be under the water. <laughs> like technically <laughs> didn't lie. <laughs> I'm not a liar. <laughs> um, so uh, I love how, like, Ben's just basically like, okay, I'll show you where Widmore and Zoe are. Uh, written here on Lostpedia, Smokey tells him to wait outside. But Ben's like, no, I want to see this, which is great. So uh, they go inside and I love how, like, Ben just opens the door and is like, he's Locke. Sorry. Sorry, Charles. Um, so Locke's like, who are you to, like, Zoe? And then Widmore's like, ah, she's 
no one really important. She won't talk or say anything. Sedlock just kills her. <laughs> It's the most satisfying death ever, isn't oh, it? Between this and Alana. But, like, the thing that I love, like, is badass man in black. Because Wimble's like, yeah. what the bloody hell did you do that for? It's like, well, you just told me. She doesn't need to talk, so she's no use to me. Like, that's amazing. That is, that's like... a villain. That is... That, exactly. That is what I love about a villain. It's just like, well, duh. You just said she's no use. Why would I do that? Um, well, we, we don't need to eulogize, Zoe, but I do just want to quickly read this sentence out because I mentioned this in the past, but... Uh, it is quite a kind of quirky sort of behind the scenes sort of law thing is that law in in the sort of production way. Um, Sheila Kelly, that's the actress, um, Tina, Tina, Trina May, I'm going to call her, uh, attracted <laughs> attention during her time on Lost due to an interview in which she made grandiose claims about all the show's themes being embodied in Zoe and saying that she was on every page of the final script. <laughs> she later recanted these claims, saying that this was all a part of a non-canon backstory that she created. <laughs> so she's just trying to get some publicity for herself. <laughs> yes, yeah, so she came out and said that she she was on every page of the finale script and then she got in trouble for that and no wonder they sliced her throat up. Is this why, like, so many Lost fans hate her even more? Just because it's like, oh, I'm so important. I'm on every page. Imagine if she was. Imagine if, like, this was, like, the big reveal. Zoe's behind everything. <laughs> like, fuck off. So I, um, so I, I actually have the interview here, and she says, uh, what's it, was it weird being the new girl? It feels like I'm Sandy in Greece. Oh, um, too soon. Rip Olivia. And she says she does all of Charles Widmore's dirty work. Um, and uh, here they say, have you seen the finale script? Uh, I've seen it, but I haven't read it. Uh, but my name is on every single page of it. I feel like I've won the lottery. <laughs> um, so Fuck Dick off. Sheila Kelly. Yes, the church scene when Christian's talking to Jack. <laughs> Hi, Zoe, would you like to join the conversation? <laughs> Why did she say that? Oh God, it makes me. I imagine terrible. she got in a lot of trouble with the producers for doing that interview. There's, there's a throat getting slit, weirdo. I love how like Wibble like grabs her, like you're gonna try and stop the bleeding. Like you don't think your jugular vein just you know puts a bit of pressure on it. Um, Not my Zoe. So uh, Man in Black is basically going like, um, I'm gonna get off this island. I'm gonna kill your daughter. Unless you tell me what I want to know, and then I will, uh, I give you my word that I won't kill her if you talk to me. Which, like, what baffles me in this universe is that people like Ben and uh, Man in Black and literally say, "I give you my word, I won't do this." When all they do is just lie. <laughs> like, good Survivor players, these two, they can get people on board and trust them, even though no matter what they say is always a lie. So Widmore sort of leans in, whispers uh, to to Ben, uh, to Locke, what's going on. Uh, and then he says that he brought Desmond to the island because of his resistance to electromagnetism and he was a measure of last resort. And then that's when Widmore's like, I'm not going to say anything more in front of him. So as Ben goes to leave, he starts whispering his ear and then Ben just shoots Widmore dead. I love that moment. And to which he's just like, he doesn't get to save his daughter. And then Locke has a great line of, you never cease to amaze me, but Widmore already told me what we needed to know. So uh, we've got some other people to kill. They leave. Um, great moment. I love this scene. What a, what a line. He doesn't get to save his... But I also do love that 
why is why is the Smokey so anti Petty? Why is he going off the island to kill? What, what has Petty done to the Smoke Monster? I guess it's um, just a leverage, right? Like, I mean, do you think yeah, he really would have killed him? Like, killed her? Sorry. Philly's got bigger fish to fry. Um, what a line from Ben, though. Like, he then gets after Alex, and like they had Alex's grave sort of leading up to that. Um, I just, I, I wonder your opinion on it, but I kind of, I don't think Charles Widmore had to die on this show, but it kind of, I guess, makes sense. I kind of like his sort of quick, he's an important character, but, and I hate to keep bringing up James Bond, but in No Time to Die, I kind of like Rami Malik's death where it was quite a unique, just bang to the head, like kind of a bit of a different thing. And I kind of like this kind of quick Ben Linus just shoots Charles Widmore, this guy, and we're so close to the end, like things are getting tense that... Uh, he he is a great character and a great villain, but he's always been sort of the mini boss, I guess. And I, I think it just really works so well, this whole conclusion to Ben and Widmore's story. Yeah. I completely agree. I think he's kind of like the a major character who you can kill off this way. Like I like we all thought Richard was dead, but in a weird way, if that's how Richard died, I'd kind of be unsatisfied. I'm like, I feel like Richard's a little bit more got more of a screen presence and a bit more... I mean, he got a flashback episode, so it's kind of like, oh, wow, thanks, Richard. Whereas, yeah, Widmore was, like, just there enough that he's important, but also to a point, yeah, where he's not super important. So, no, I'm completely on board. I think it's great. And, I mean, Alan Dale, this is just the character he plays. Like, I mean, he sort of... I I, mean, I don't know about... I, I never saw him in Ugly Betty, but, like, I think kind of his biggest things in, like, the 2000s is what I know him from would be this and The O.C., and the OC, he was very similar character, a real, like, evil prick, and he kind of goes out in more of a dramatic way because the OC was a bit more soap opery. But, um, yeah, like, I, I'm fine with it. I think Alan Dale is great. Neighbours Alan Dale. Um, and, yeah, because how else are you going to kill him? A big dramatic death with life and death playing? Like, I mean, <laughs> no, not Widmore. Uh- I mean, like, we've said everything to say about Widmore, um, and it's only this rewatch that I've ever thought he should have got a flashback episode, and now I'm fully on board with that. Um, but, but like, we, I guess the one thing to sum it up is we joke about movies, John Terry, TV's Kimberly Joseph, everything. This guy truly is TV's Alan Dale. You can <laughs> not say, like, he is TV. He belongs to TV, this man. Which I think actually, like, I think he was on, like, the project in the last couple of years and they just, like, did a big interview with him about, like, being that guy who appears in lots of TV shows. And I think that's, like... And, like, we often talk about, as we've said, like, these actors who we think, how are they not onto bigger things? Again, maybe they just don't want to be. Maybe Alan Dale has been offered, like, the lead in a TV show, but he's like, no, I just, I'm happy being, like, a, a ten-part character. Because, like, everyone knows who he is. Everyone's like, oh, that guy from The O.C., that guy from Lost, that guy from Ugly Betty. You know, like, they just... I'd be fine with that if I'm an actor. I'm sure he makes a fair penny off this. Penny, huh? Um, you don't have to commit. Yeah. Um, just quickly, oh, just uh, eulogising him a little bit, because I think he's you know he's in 19 episodes, so I think we've eulogised people in less. Um, I like this one here. Of all the main characters, Widmore has met Penny off screen. He never appears on screen in a scene with his daughter. Uh, so no. there you go. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. That's true, yeah. So he on screen he's met Penny, Sawyer, Locke, Juliet, Daniel, Desmond, Ben's son, Jack, Kate, Richard, Jin, Hurley, Claire, Frank, and Miles. No boon. Um when he met Richard, Sawyer, Juliet, and Locke for the first time in fifty four on the island, he met Ben Jack. Okay, we don't need to go through all those. 
Um, Whitmore owns a chauffeured Bentley Arnage limousine. Okay. Uh, in the casting call for young Whitmore, he was described as Nigel British in his late teens. Oh, that's enough. <laughs> Nigel. Um, <laughs> so, and, oh, and apparently Damon Lindelof in the DVD commentary for The Constant described Widmore as the big bad of the show. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, I guess the guy who created the show says it. It's right. But, um, yeah, I don't really know if that's uh, true. There's unanswered questions here about uh, Widmore. What is the nature of his falling out with Eloise Hawking? What is the nature of the rules regarding his feud with Ben? Um, yeah, fair enough. Anything to say on TV's Alan Dale and Widmore? I like Widmore. Alan Dale, great guy. I mean, he's never going to be anyone's favourite character, but, like, he just always puts in a good performance and great chemistry with Desmond. And, um, I mean, like, I'm completely satisfied with this ending for him and I'm glad he got to come to the island. Um, Just seeing here, Alan Dale was in um, nine episodes of Once Upon a Time as King George. So maybe we'll get some Emily Duravan, Alan Dale action. Yeah. also in Person of Interest. So there might be yeah. a reunion there with Michael Emerson. Alan, Alan Dale Alan month. Dale. We need to do here. Which I, <laughs> yeah, the well, thing that, that'll be a long month. The thing that fascinates me, it says here in Lostpedia, time of uh, age of death, he was 70. Yet in real life, at the time of recording this, he's 75. So they aged poor Alan Dale. <laughs> like 10 <laughs> years at the time. Um, he's actually and a Kiwi. He he's not Australian. Him. Yeah, but uh, let's be honest. Um, we'll claim him. But he's married he's to former Miss Australia, Tracy Pearson. Ooh. Finished up a 73-episode stint on Dynasty last year. So He's got a very large Wikipedia page. Um, oh, he was in Homeland. Like, of all the show, like, Homeland, he was a president in Homeland. He was vice president in 24 and became president for, like, three episodes. Um, I mean, he's literally done anything. He was in ER, apparently. I don't remember him in ER. X-Files, West Wing, JAG, CSI, I mean, Crossing Jordan. Uh, Entourage, Californication. I don't remember him in Californication. Um, he was in a thousand a hundred and twenty episodes of Neighbor. Jesus. Well, that's. I mean, when did he? Did he? Was he in it like at the beginning? Like when it very first uh, started? Since nineteen eighty five. Yeah, that's when it started. Jesus. Good for him. Before that, are oh, the Young Doctors. Oh, <laughs> bring back the Young Doctors. Um, great guy. I mean, he would honestly like if we were to list like five people from the show we'd like to interview. I'd love to interview Alan Dale. Like, it's just... To be honest, you'd probably do it. I've tried. I've never got him on the show. Like, he's a hard man to get. He's always busy. He's always working. Like, you yeah, know, that's true. He doesn't stop. When he dies, I mean, he's going to be neighbours, Alan Dale, but I think it's going to be more like a the guy who was in everything, Alan yeah, Dale. Yeah, TV, TV is Alan Dale. Yeah. Oh, rip Alan Dale. So, anyway, this... Basically, the last dead, bit, but- we've got um, Locke and Ben going through the jungle. I like this moment where Ben's like... Uh, again, I feel like there's so many little carrots they dangle in the last couple of episodes just deliberately are like, these are fan questions, let's work them into the script. And they kind of work. So I love Ben, he's like, if you're the smoke monster, why don't you just like always float around? And he's just like, I like the feeling of my feet on the ground as it reminds me of when I was human. I'm like, okay, solid explanation to me. I don't know if you like that or not, but I do. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, anyway, so they're back to the well. Uh, and I love Lockie. Well, obviously, Saeed didn't kill him. Like, oh, Saeed, you useless zombie. Um, and then they see a rope, and obviously Desmond's been helped out of the well. Uh, but then Locke's like, actually, someone helped me out. 
Um, and sure they did. Ben Ben's like, what did Widmore say to me? What did he say to you? And Desmond was a failsafe and that if he killed the beloved candidates, he's one final way for Jacob to be sure that he would never leave his place, basically, which, I mean, what? Um, so Desmond's there to, like, I, I still don't get it. Um, and then Ben's like, why are you happy that Desmond's free? And Locke's like, because when I will find Desmond, I will get you to do one thing that I could never do myself, destroy the island, which I'll question this next week, but like, it's all like, oh, you can't go in the hole yet. Jack and Hurley and everyone else goes in the hole next week, but sure. Okay. Let's ignore that plot point. But I mean, didn't we already have like a dangling of this last week or whatever it was about, I'm going to do this and now I'm going to destroy the, like it's, I feel like there's a bit of a repetitive cliffhanger, but okay. Um, move the island, destroy the island, whatever. Like fucking bake the island with some bread. Like, well, what are we going to do to the island this week? Um, if anything, the island, we're going to eulogize the island next week. The poor island gets through the ringer in this entire 120 episodes. But yeah, yeah. not really the best cliffhanger leading into the finale. I feel like they didn't need a cliffhanger leading into the finale. I feel like you could yeah. just end it in like a sort of emotional sort of uh, way or something. But um, I do have a funny story with this ending, uh, which I remember this episode very well because it, just caused me a lot of distress when this aired on channel seven at least in tasmania he said i'm going to destroy the island faded to black there was no lost come up lost that was only on the dvds and um they had no credits they had no advertisement they went directly from i'm going to destroy the island black directly into the next show which i'm pretty sure was like battlestar galactica or something (laughs) Suddenly there's this woman on this spaceship and I'm there with my stepmom where our mouths have dropped and oh my God, it's the second last episode and they're pulling some sort of alien and we're like, is this what? We were literally saying, is this woman the man in black? Like, what is this spaceship? And it went on for about two minutes until we realised like, oh, like. Babylon 5 or something. Screw you, Channel 7, for not having any credits or any... Uh, it literally went bang into, we're going to destroy the island, bang into the next show, that we wow. thought, you cannot pull a plot twist like this in the second last... And we were raging, like, oh, my God, what are they doing? Aliens, like, <laughs> what is happening? Oh, so... Like it was a chicken feed know- ad. You would have thought that they yeah, got we chickens on the chicken island. <laughs> I didn't even know this was a cliffhanger when I first watched it, when he said, we're going to destroy the island, like... Yeah, I will never forget that. Like, that was great. Don't pull that on the second last episode. Come on. Bloody Channel 7. God, hire better people. Who would be hired by Channel 7? I, I I remember this is a slightly similar story, but also not. I was with a friend of mine, and we may have um, had some substances that make you, let's just say, high. And we were watching, like, a, a videotape. I think it was, like, a Simpsons episode. And obviously, you're a bit out of it. So then, like, when this episode ends on this tape, we thought it, like, was over. And then, obviously, thought we'd hit stop or something. And on this VHS, I must have recorded 9-11 news when 9-11 happened. So, of course, we're watching this and we're thinking, like, 9-11's happened again. 
and we're sitting there. 9-11-2. Like, we're like sitting there for like 20 minutes going like, oh, my God, oh, my God, the world's over, the world's over. Well, the tape stops and then we're on Battlestar Galactica or something and we're just like, oh, oopsie. Uh, I'm so... It's, no, how could this happen again? So they built the towers and they're falling down again. Oh, what are the chances? So, but yeah, I, I want them to have this like, we've got to destroy the island and in space, says Jack. Oh, well, it, they destroyed it, the island. Now we're in space. Uh, I was freaking out. Like, do not do this on the second last episode. Well, the science fiction element. Who knows how it's gone. Um, some trivia. This episode was first shown at Lost Live, the final celebration, five days prior to its uh, USA date. Apparently that was a special event held at UCLA's Royce Hall to celebrate the finale of Lost. They had a lot of the cast members who showed up there. Did Matthew Fox show up? Probably not. In summer, of course he did. Uh, <laughs> why wouldn't he have shown? He was already there. Uh, <laughs> he's been waiting there for six years. I'm here. I'll be here for the ending. Um, it's the first time Charles Widmore visited the main island since he was exiled from it around 15 years ago. Well, he's been on the island for a little bit now. It's not like this is the first episode he's been on the island, right? Oh, I oh, guess he was on, was on Hydra, wasn't he? So, yeah. uh, this is the only episode in the series that begins with what? And it's variations that he's not. Kate centric. <laughs> there you go, Noah. <laughs> we what had, about what happened? <laughs> we had whatever the case may be, what Kate did, whatever happened, happened, and what Kate does. Um, okay. Um, yeah, there's not a whole lot of great ones here. So, uh, although this one, at the end of season two, Michael is tasked with bringing four Flight 815 survivors to the others, Jack Kate. So we, you said that one last week. I think these four survivors would eventually become the final four candidates. Um, and, yeah, as I said, this episode marks the final appearance of the man in black in the form of black smoke. So uh, there you go. Um, oh, oh, this, oh, this bit of trivia. This episode marks 100 episodes since the death of Boone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> That's the best trivia ever. <laughs> oh, happy 100 episode anniversary to Boot oh, oh, I'm sad now. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Lostpedia. Uh, I don't think we have any questions, do we? We'll lock Destroy the island. <laughs> we have an answer though about the Kate thing. Uh, well, her name, yeah. Where was that? Oh, yeah, episode four. Uh, we, who is the blonde boy? We've answered that one too, haven't we? Yeah. So okay. So we'll cross both of them off. We're crossing names off the wall. Well, you can have the job if you want. Um. So, um, do we have any other answers? Yeah, but we'll review it in a couple of episodes time. Who is David's? Oh, next week, who is David's mother, Ben? Good job. Um, How did Locke become the smoke monster? Well, we've already answered that, haven't we? Yeah. Well, that was from the first episode. (laughs) So, good job. We'll cross that one out. Um, Is lasagna worse than pasta bake? Yes. Um, How did Kate eat her lasagna? Uh, Anyway, all right. Um, What are you doing? We've jumped the shark. What are we doing with this episode, Noah Groves? It's a hard one because it's just um, 
it's really just set up for the finale. Like, but you also wrap up a lot of things. You wrapped up the whole Widmore plotline. We get a nice death of Zoe. Um, and I do love the the Jacob kind of tribal council sort of thing. Um, <laughs> and just, cool. just everyone's acting. It's maybe one of the best all-round performances from everyone. Like everyone delivers on this episode. And I, 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 it's one of the rare times where I'm really enjoying the Flash Sideways stuff with all the Desmond silliness. Um, yeah, I'm going to buy it, but it's because I can't see doing anything else because there's nothing wrong at all with this episode. It kind of is perfect in a way in what it's trying to do, but at the same time, is just not this kind of big, it, it feels like finale part one. Um so I'm going to buy it. I can't see doing anything else, but it's not like the most memorable episode of all time. But it's being wedged in between Across the Sea and the End is always going to be a difficult one. I agree. Buy from me. Um, solid episode set up. Not the greatest penultimate episode of a TV series, but it does enough to make you want to watch next week. I agree with you about the acting. It goes by in a flash. Um, there's just nothing wrong with it. It's a solid episode. I've ranked this... At twenty fourth overall, wow. which I just I think like it's just surprised after last one. Solid enough that it's it's you know got stuff in it that you you want to think of and put it that highly. So I've got this uh, just above the twenty third Psalm and just below all the best cowboys have daddy issues. So uh, in between those ones there, which leads us to next week. Noah Groves, this is a. Uh, the last time I'll hand over an episode because you're you're doing the finale, your last ever episode hosting on probably the Oz Network. You're never coming back after we finish Lost. Um, the end. This is the end. Uh, and this will be the rare occasion. We've never done this before on the Oz Network. Usually we do finales in parts. And obviously when this first aired, it was in two parts. But we're not doing that. For the, it's taken us 119 episodes to go, fuck it, we're doing what everybody else probably ranks them as, as one whole episode. So we will be doing the end as a solely single episode, all an hour and 40 minutes of it. Uh, I watched it today before we recorded this. Uh, I forgot how much I love the ending. I cried my little eyes out, not just once, but about five times in this goddamn finale. Um it, I And I've never, ever have I had a problem with the ending of Lost. I think it ends great. I think it's the everything about it works. And I mean, yeah, there's going to be questions, all this sort of stuff. And yeah, we've got like an epilogue prologue thing that deliberately goes out of its way to answer some obvious questions that were never answered. Uh, but I feel we'll talk about that probably in the, the season recap, not next week, but um, yeah, I love the ending of lost the end. And uh, we've got obviously a lengthy episode to come next week. It's going to be a marathon, but, you can't do the finale in parts. It's just not doing it justice. Um, this is, it's like a movie, this next episode. Like, it feels like a movie. Everything is big, right? Um, yeah, it's been no secret that maybe the past couple of seasons, this has dragged on a, a bit and I've lost a bit of enthusiasm for doing this show. But uh, it's kind of sad. I'm... It's a bit emotional going into this finale because it is one of the last times we'll talk about this show, and this show is built about uh, built for this sort of recapping podcast sort of thing. And um, I can't believe we've talked about every episode of Lost. It doesn't feel like that, no, even though it's gone on for so long. Um, 
we've literally talked about basically every scene of this show. Um, so I haven't rewatched the finale in a good couple of years, so I'm looking forward to just revisiting it. Um, yeah, if you're looking for finale hate, I think it's going to be mostly celebration next week. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a bit sad that not only is are we watching the end, and that's a sad episode, but we're also going to be talking about Jack and Locke and Ben and Hurley for the last time, more or less, other than our few little episodes. So it is, yeah, it is a little emotional heading into the finale, I think. Five fucking years it's taken us. Five fucking years. I remember being in a car with you talking about, well, we should do this, we should do this, we should do this, and here we fucking are. When I get time, I kind of want to listen to our pilot part one recap before we do the finale recap. That would be back when we were innocent. There are some episodes I can go back and listen to. I've re-listened to all of Double Oz 7 and other of the shows, but there's just something about, I tried to re-listen to some Survivor Oz recently and just like, nah, 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 I can't, just... No, idiot. Time for so, reflection. Don't don't know if I could do that with uh, our lost. First it's episode. a time for reflection. Uh, maybe, maybe that's our series recap. We have our homework. We'll listen to our very first one. But anyway, uh, so that will be next week. Uh, in the meantime, follow all our other shows. Obviously, twenty four is happening. If you missed our ending of Breaking Bad a couple of weeks back, it's kind of poignant that we're ending this when we just ended Breaking Bad as well. Literally, Nick and I did Breaking Bad quicker than it took us to do Lost in a. But well, I guess it's a shorter show, but still. Um, but yes, twenty four still got another ten years to go, so don't worry about that. You've got entertainment happening, but movies and everything else that are happening, and our other shows too. Noah's on Double Oz Seven sometimes. Your Oz Vision hasn't been on that since like twenty fifteen. So uh, yeah, I've muted that chat. Um. <laughs> I can I can imagine you can't leave it. By the way, I don't think you need to be in it anymore. You haven't been part of the show since twenty fifteen. So you know. Um, but yeah. Uh, Last light. Yes, wasn't that great when we recapped it? It was a yeah. solid recap series that you and I did that we remember doing because that is definitely aired when we are recording this. So, um, yes, great show. Uh, listen to all the things at the end and do as you're told. My name is Ben, and if you need me, I'll be running through the jungle. Uh, my name is Noah, and if you need me, I'll be running through the jungle. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz network.net thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon 
That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>